live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. BSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Another keyword coming your way here in about oh, 20 minutes or so. I'll give you another chance to text that keyword and uh, perhaps uh, win $1,000. The national championship game is tonight, 7 o'clock. ESPN, uh, all the ESPNs have some fashion of the broadcast. Speaking of that, did you yeah. watch any Nickelodeon coverage? I watched a lot of it. You really did? Yes. Because what, 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 I, I didn't watch it. a single second of it. I loved it. And, uh, Why? Because my children enjoyed it. And it was trying to get them a little bit more involved in the football as daddy had had it on all weekend long. But how did we get to the, how did we manage to become football fans without Nickelodeon? Well, <laughs> it's not you and me. It was more my daughter. Okay. My daughter is not exactly engaged in football. She'll, okay. who's winning? But she, she was tell, for the broadcast yesterday. She was. And then okay. when a so touchdown accomplished. When a touchdown happened, she lost her crap because she because they oh, threw the, the slime. Stuff? Yeah, the slime came down, and she thought that was the coolest thing. And she was waiting for those touchdowns when they came, and then had to tell her the Bears are not scoring many touchdowns. I don't know if we'll get it until the very end of the game. Yeah, very last play of the game. Yeah, but yeah, Did we even watched a ton of the slime at the last play of the game. And now that you think, about, I, think I think scored? I'd maybe flip back over at that point. Uh, well, look, I, look I, I get the fact that you're trying to grow new audiences mm-hmm. and cultivate new audiences, but... Um, and I thought they did a really good job of did explaining they, football. Did the, did the Cordero Patterson F-bomb, could you... Was it audible? Could you hear it? I don't think I had it on at that point. Okay. But it was really cool. Ian Eagle's son was the play-by-play broadcast. Sounds a lot like Big Bird. Does he? Little yeah. Bird does, and yeah. especially when he got really excited. But Nate Burleson was a star of that, who... Is always good. Every single time I hear Nate Burleson, I don't watch CBS's pregame show mm-hmm. often, but when I do, I just walk away. Boy, Nate Burleson's good. Mm. And the same thing there. He was having fun. He's throwing kids' references in there, explaining it in a very succinct way. And they had another Nickelodeon like lady in there, young girl who you know was talking about things. A kid sideline report. It was fun. I really enjoyed mm. it. I thought they did as good of a job as something that could have been very campy and difficult to do. I thought they really knocked it out of the park. Well, good. I mean, I, again, I didn't. Is that watch. for you? No, it's not. But if I had met little kids, maybe I'd for mm-hmm. for a second. Uh, Batman, how much did, uh, Nickelodeon did you see <laughs> yesterday? Uh, zero. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I mean, I, I'm with Trent, and you know, my kids are grown now. But you know, I have a grandson, and you know, who's not old enough to start watching just yet. But um, and another one on the way in February. So yeah, I mean, I could see that if you're just if you're just kind of watching a game and you know uh you can, maybe you don't really have an, an interest in it uh financially let's say um <laughs> you know you're gonna maybe that is a good way to get them involved in the sport yeah. i mean especially especially girls i think i mean you know a lot of times you know boys want to do what their dads do some do some don't i mean but look it's i don't think it's any different than any platform you know when we talk about you know streaming a game on facebook yeah. or Prime Video or whatever. Right. It's just more 
outlets and more eyeballs because the way, Kenny, the way you and I grew up with it, I mean, think, think back before, you know, we remember before ESPN. That's right. how old we are. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you had four channels. I, I remember even three. when Color TV first came. Yeah, I mean, you're think like, about that. Wow. I mean, yeah. my dad spent $900 on, a, on our first VCR, I don't know how many years ago, and it had an actual cord attached to it yep. for the remote control. Bama, I spent $2,500 on a Betamax. I had the first one in Winnipeg. The day before I cashed a ticket at the track, I'll never forget, $11,990. And I had money in my socks. Eleventh, And that's a lot of money. This is nineteen. 19- Seventy sure. something, and I went yeah. and I bought and I uh, I went and bought a Betamax twenty five hundred dollars. And I bet that thing's worth probably twenty five grand now if you still have. <laughs> well, there was only one place in Winnipeg you could buy the tape that you plugged in, and they had two. Right, they had two, so I bought yeah. them both. I was, the next guy that bought the Betamax <laughs> couldn't buy a tape. Anyways, yeah, I get it. You have to, you have to grow yeah. your audience. It's just it is. I, I think it's creative. Yeah. Um, I think you'll probably see more maybe next year, you know, during regular season. Maybe. Or whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, why not? I All mean, right. you know, a, a dull, you know, Jaguars pick another team, you know, mm-hmm. Thursday night game. Whatever. Yep. I right. mean, Bengals, I Jags. I that, yeah, exactly. I mean, I assume that's owned by CBS, so, which is why, you know, that game was on there. So, you know, that, Must be. it depends on who probably has the, the national package. But, I mean, look, I'm – my my way of consuming the product is just going to be old school. It's just always going to be direct TV sitting on my couch. But, you know, I'm aging out of their demographic, and they need to get more. And however they do that, whether it's through streaming, whether it's through, you know, kids' channels, whatever it is, um, you know, I think it's a smart move. More eyeballs. Yeah. I... yeah you got to – Baseball could do with that, too. I mean, yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. That sport is dying good on the point. Vine and – it is. There's so many games you you have got to yeah. get. I mean, I know, we're, and I'm sorry, I'm going off track, but it's just a way, you know, for watching it. You got to get more kids interested, and really, their big issue is they got to get more kids playing it because mm-hmm. that's, baseball, that's yeah, a sport that is it is just absolutely fading. Well, five, drive around the neighborhood, and then drive around yeah. the neighborhood in the '60s and the '70s. You're always playing catch. You're having you're playing sure. catch with pops. You don't see right. that anymore. You just don't. Anyways, Never. we'll save that for another yeah. day. Now we found another reason to have Bama on because Chet <laughs> and I were talking earlier. We've got to find out ways to keep Bama going. Maybe not every week, but every now and then. So, uh, Anytime but, you need me, you know that. Yeah, I do know that, and I'm grateful for it. So, Bama, let's talk about the game itself tonight. Um, point spread's going up. It was 7.5 for the longest time. Seemed to linger around there. Trent said over the weekend it started to budge a little bit. Up eight and a half, nine. Is it just because people... Um, you know, realize, oh, we got a national championship game tonight and the six wild card games are over? Or is there something going on that's going to be revealed like a COVID thing inside Ohio State, who certainly had a number of COVID issues throughout the regular season? Is Fields worse than we thought? What What do you think's behind it? Are you hearing anything uh, that could cause I, the line to tick up? The only thing that I can consider or, or think of is, is Jalen Waddell. You know, is he mm. worth a field goal? In this game, and how healthy is he? I think he's going to play. Uh, I will be surprised. If he look, look, he practiced. Okay, that's the first step. Uh, you know, Nick Saban's been really coy about it. Um, you know, well, you know, did he practice the second day? You know, because sometimes you have to manage a guy after he goes through a practice, he hurts the next day. And how did? So he's been really. They did let out that he practiced. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. 
of last week. They haven't said anything else. They got there, I think, Friday night um, because he wanted to make it seem like a you know their their traditional Thursday if the game was Saturday or, or whatever you know. So they're trying to get in a normal routine. I think he's going to play. I think he might be effective, and if he is, that could be you know. There's your is he, is he worth a, a point and a half to two points? Um, especially if he's effective. If he's effective, guys, even even as a decoy, okay, quote unquote, that's going to open up a lot for you know Devonte Smith because you if Jalen Waddle is on the field, you have to be aware of it and you have to respect it. And that'll play out probably in the first quarter. We'll see how involved he's going to be, how effective he really is. If he looks 60 to 70% like he did before this injury, I mean, that that's a nightmare for Ohio State, I think. But the COVID issues, I don't know. The way I understood it was once they got on the plane, that was it. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, if you were on the – they did their COVID testing. I think Ohio State got their Saturday. Yep. Alabama got their Friday. So once you – were, had your last round of tests. In other words, they're not going to test them today or yesterday and wait for it. And I could be wrong, but that's how I understand it from everything I've read, is that once the plane left, everybody on the plane was cleared. So unless somebody comes down with a symptom or whatever, I don't know. It could be Fields. How healthy is he really? I mean, Kenny, there's no question that kid is still sore. Sure. I mean, it's just going to be, is he injured, which, you know, uh, who, you know, you can play with fractured ribs, I guess. Um, he's going to do everything he can to play, and I think it's just a, a matter of how effective he's going to be. And maybe this is one of those bet it up and to bet it back down right before kickoff. I mean, you know that better than I do. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't know. Um, to me, the only the only thing I can think of is Waddle. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be involved. And if he's effective, he's probably worth three points in that game. A uh, little breaking news, Iowa State basketball, Xavier Foster shut down for the year. He's going to have surgery and will risk, miss the remainder of the season. His minutes have been going down, right. Trent, and you alluded to it a couple of times throughout the season that, um, that there's something there. Yeah, dealing with a foot injury and probably the best course of action as we see how the season's playing out. Uh, Bam, I want to go to the Alabama offense, which is seemingly impossible to, to stop. I mean, you look at the numbers <laughs> they put up this year. Notre Dame slowed them down a little bit, but... How much of that was the injury to Landon Dickerson, him not being out there, and does that carry over here? The offensive line wasn't nearly as good. I don't think Ohio State maybe, and especially with the questions they have depth-wise of the defensive line, a lot of people think that's where the COVID issues are is up front for the Buckeyes. Just what can Ohio State do to slow this team down at the very least in Alabama? Well, that's a great question, and you mentioned Dickerson. That's a loss. Yeah. I mean, he, he not only is he a, you know, Four-year starter, fifth-year senior, whatever. He, you know, he was he he was the uh, you know nation's best center. I can't remember what the name of the Remington. Is. Maybe the Re- Remington. Yeah, he won that. Um, and, and not only that, guys, he's the guy that call, makes all the calls on the line. You know, for the blocking, the schemes, the protections, all that kind of stuff. Now they've got another guy in there. Um, you know it. What they did was it was just a, they just plugged another guy in at center. They didn't start shuffling the entire line. There was a question about that. You know, are they going to move you know the the guard to center and put in another guard? That kind of thing. They just left it alone. Put in a new one. It was a factor in the, in the Notre Dame game. Now Notre Dame was really good up front. Um, and Najee Harris and I, I was reading the stat. I mean, everybody is 
fawning and for good reason, you know, over the, the hurdle, you know, where he, where he mm-hmm. got, I don't know, was it 53 yards on that play? But after that, I mean, he had 46 yards on 12 carries. That's really not going to get it done a whole lot. I, I just, he's going to be a factor. I think this is going to be the best front that they've seen all season, assuming full health. I don't know about the depth. Um, listen, Mac Jones is not a guy that's really going to run around back there, you know, and really tire guys out. Um, I think it's, it, if you're going to slow Alabama down, I, you know, as crazy as it sounds, you, you, you have to take away something. I don't know that you're going to take away Devonta Smith. Take, see the, the best you can do to take, to, you know, take away Najee Harris. Now, that said, he's such a weapon in the receiving game. I mean, he, he's, whether he, you know, was a flare out of the backfield, whether they, they'll line him up wide and get him on a linebacker, and that is an absolute nightmare. Um, but yeah, Dickerson's going to be a problem. I mean, he is now. The good thing is they've had a you know what two weeks, three weeks ever since the SEC championship game to get you know to get his replacement ready. Uh, I'm sure they you know analyzed the film, found out you know had some teaching points, see what we can do to help um, against this. But it is he he's a factor. If he were in there, I would have a lot more confidence in Alabama being able to you know to really just win this because. I think it. I think it has the potential to be a dogfight if Fields is healthy. Um, you know, both these teams are just the NFL talent all over the field <laughs> right. on both sides. It's just ridiculous. So, um, but the offense has been nobody's really been able to slow them down. I think Alabama kind of went conservative toward the end of that game. You know, midway through the third, they knew they had it in hand. You know, we don't need to win. This isn't style points. We don't need to win. 55 to 10 or whatever it is, you know, it's just kill the game, try not to get anybody hurt, that sort of thing. So I think they did go a little conservative, but Dickerson's going to be an issue. He's he's their best lineman. Um, I know Leatherwood gets a lot of attention too, but he's their best guy. He's their most important guy. So um, it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge if they can run it between the tackles for five, six, seven yards. Then then I don't think Ohio State has much of a chance to stop them. Uh, Bama, uh, Patrick Sertain, such a terrific corner. He's he's going to. This is his last game uh, as as a member of the Crimson Tide. Then he'll be drafted in the top ten. I know Denver's got their eyes on him. Um, but will he move around? Olave had a really he played a huge role uh, in the Sugar Bowl against Clemson. Uh, those deep passes, Fields hitting him, just dropping it in a bucket. Will they move him around, or they just they got that much confidence in Job on the other side that wherever Olave is, uh, you're just gonna we're just gonna do business as usual. Sertan stays on the left, Job on the right. Alabama usually Ken does not move. They don't. They don't. You know, follow guys. In other words, they don't they don't track them. If you will travel with them, I guess is the word that you'll you'll see. You know, in the like you know the Rams with Jalen Ramsey moving him to where right. DK Metcalf was. Alabama doesn't like to do that. Um, that said, I think if it gets out of hand, you know, Nick Saban's smart enough to go. You know, if if, if he's a problem, uh, I think he's smart enough to put his best guy on him now. You know, that gets a lot of people out. The reason you don't like to do it is obvious. It gets a lot of people out of position. I mean, it's, listen, this isn't the NFL where you have unlimited practice and all that kind of thing. You still, even though it's high, the highest level you can get in college, you're still limited in how much you can practice and everything else. So, you know, if you move one guy from the right to the left and you got to move another, now you got two guys out of position. So he's, it's just a balancing act of, you know, how bad is this guy hurting us Versus if I put my best guy in travel with him, now now I got everybody else out of position where they're not used to be. So 
they don't generally like to do that, but in this game, I listen. This, this is for all the marbles, and I think that if it, if necessary, he will. The, the The matchup I am really interested to see is is Wade on Smith. Yeah, me too. I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, that is you you talk about one v one or good mm-hmm. v good. This is best versus best, mm-hmm. in my opinion. A lot of pressure are, on Sean Wade, Bam. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. There is. And he listen. He's saying the right things, you know. And, and I, I give him credit for it. a lot of people down here. Oh, listen, he's running his mouth. What's he supposed to say? <laughs> I'm afraid of him. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, this guy's going to be a top ten pick as well. Um, first uh, twenty for yeah, but first rounder for sure. First rounder for sure. I mean, listen. I mean, he's that good. Yeah. Um, he's their best, and of yep. course, you want to measure yourself against the best. Now that said, I've not seen anybody, you know, including. Um, uh, Stingley at LSU that can that can hang with Smith mm-hmm. all season, and especially if again I go back if Waddles out there, the thing and the thing that to me that makes Alabama so dangerous is, okay, fine if if Smith's not open if you're gonna if if you're gonna roll help to him or whatever, okay we we have you know there's Waddle there's Mechie there's there's Harris there's Billingsley the tight end I mean there's just so many weapons and. Sarkeesian is smart enough, and Mac Jones is smart enough to go. I'm not going to force it to our best guy if he's covered, because if he's covered, somebody else is probably open. So, but that one I'm really looking forward to because I, I give Wade a lot of credit for for wanting to take the best. Now, I don't know. Again, you talked about Saban. I don't know how much Ryan Day is going to be willing mm-hmm. to just say, "Okay, he's yours," you know. Um, and again, is he going to travel with Smith? Um, you know, or if, if, are they going to, if he doesn't, are they going to move Smith to the other side? I mean, I, I, I don't know. My guess would be if, if I had to guess is that Wade will travel with Smith more than Sertan will, uh, you know, the other way. I just, I, I don't know. I just, it's a fascinating matchup. And the thing is you, you've got, you've got great coaching staff and you've got great talent everywhere. And it's just going to be, it's going to be fascinating to watch and, you know, it's funny because we're we're talking. All we're talking about is offense. I mean, usually with these two teams, you know, defense comes into it a little bit. Now I know we're talking about secondary, but you know, up front I think is still a big is a big question. Um, you know, Trey Sermon has just Oof. run crazy yeah. the last two games. Yes. Uh, I don't expect that tonight. Um, but you know, if he gets a hundred and 30 to 150, Ohio State's going to be in the game. Yep. I mean, if I, I think if Alabama can shut him down, and they they have changed along with their offense, their, their defensive front has changed. This is not the days of Jonathan Allen and, and those, you know, Deron Payne and all these guys mm-hmm. playing in the NFL. They've still got a lot of talent up there, uh, but it's not quite what it used to be. Same with the linebacking crew. Um, so Sermon... Listen, I think if they can shut him down, it's going to be difficult for Ohio State to, to you know, be able to match score for score. But I'm just, I'm just fascinated by this game. I don't, I think it's going to be close um, if if Fields is healthy and if there's no other, you know, surprise omissions from either roster. It's just going to be a fascinating game, and I'm glad we're getting this one to be honest with you, as opposed to Alabama Clemson Part Five because yeah, I think. I think it's going to draw a lot more eyeballs. It's a different challenge. It's a new challenge um, for Alabama. Now, most people probably wish Alabama wasn't in the game, but but they're there. Uh, and another thing, guys, I'll tell you, Nick Saban wants this one really, really bad. You can tell it from his comments, and for a couple of reasons. 
the only undefeated team he's ever had was in 2009. All the other championship teams they've had had at least one loss, and he's mentioned that several times. Um, and I think he loves this team, particularly what Harris and Smith did. They came back. They wanted to finish it. They came back for their fifth year or their, their senior season. Both of them could have gone last year. Both of them, I think, made the right decision. Um, they're both going to make more this year than they would have coming out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he really, really wants this game. And I, I don't know what that, what if any factor that's going to play in the game, probably none, but you can just tell. And I think the players are going to feed off of that too. He likes this team, I think, better than anyone he's ever had because of what they've been through. And I'm sure Ohio State, listen, Ohio State's probably been through more than Alabama has. I mean, with all the COVID right. outbreaks and this, we're going to play, we're not going to play all this kind of stuff, but um, I just think this is just going to be fascinating to watch for me. Uh, question away from the game, though, uh, Ohio State angle to it. Urban Meyer assembling a staff mm-hmm. for Jacksonville still still has not officially taken that job. But, I mean, a guy that's persona non grata down in the south making his way down mm-hmm. to Jacksonville, I think that's going to be handled down there. And just such a weird spot. Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of buzz. I know people in the south – a lot of Saints fans, a lot of Falcons fans, yeah. Dolphins fans, not a whole lot of Jaguar fans. How that plays with Trevor Lawrence and looks like Urban Meyer? Yeah, I mean, it, it's getting some buzz for sure. Uh, and listen, if, if they didn't have the number one pick, he wouldn't be talking to us. Right, <laughs> true. Um, you, you know, if the Jets would have just kept losing, uh, you know, Urban Meyer wouldn't be in the picture because he's not going to go to the Jets. Uh, you know, he's going to stay somewhere warm in Florida where he knows. Man, this is just a tough question for me. The guy is a genius. I mean, he is a great football coach. Um, a lot of people are trying to draw parallels between Nick Saban and his two years with the Dolphins. Um, you know, and, and they call him an, a complete failure. He wasn't a total failure. Hit him eight and eight one year. Uh, you know, and in the playoffs, I think they might have even made the playoffs. I can't remember. Um, you know, six and ten the last year. They all remember the whole "I'm not going to Alabama." Both these guys are great. I just think Urban Meyer has such a history of not being able to stay anywhere more than three or four this years. This is his last it, stop. If if he does go there, this is his last stop. It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, he's 55, 56 years old. And how long does he really want to coach? And he's going to break the bank. I mean, if if, if he takes this oh, gig, sure. he's going to break the bank. Sure. I, mean, I hope he does, and I'll miss the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I love mean, him on TV. I do. A year. He's great. I mean, he... The the thing is, and and what, and I'm sure he's talked to you know everybody he can think of. He may have talked to Saban. I don't know. You know, we saw Chip Kelly try to do this in the pros. We've seen yeah. Steve Spurrier try to do it. Uh, we're seeing Cliff Kingsbury do it and having some a little bit of success. And you know, Lincoln Riley may be the next one, or Matt Campbell at Ohio State, or whatever. But Urban's certainly the biggest fish. The thing is, in the NFL, there, there's a lot of things. One, nobody there cares what you did in college. Nobody's going to look at your resume and go, oh, man, this guy won national championships. They don't care. They're in it to earn a living, and they are generally in it for them. You have agents. You have salary caps. You have guaranteed contracts. You have so many things in the pros that you don't have to deal with in college. In college, a guy like Meyer or Saban can just, they have complete say in the organization, and the you know. And it's one program. thing to recruit at Ohio State and Alabama as opposed to other schools. Mm-hmm. We'll take you. You now we don't need you. Yes, <laughs> right. absolutely. Because you know, listen, in, in the in the NFL, you know, 
you can't go out and say, okay, well, I need a quarterback and I need a D lineman and I need this guy and I need that guy. So I'm going to go get one of the three or four best at their position. No, you're going to pick and you're going to wait 32 more picks and then you're going to see what other teams do. That's the problem. And then, you know, you have a guy, you know, remember Jalen Ramsey when he was upset. Okay, what are you going to do with this guy? Okay, at Ohio State, you bench him. Can't do that in the, in the NFL. So it, there's, there's just, I don't know how well it's going to work out. I really don't. I just, and that is a franchise that is in need of a lot. Now, they've got a couple nice weapons out there, and, and Chenault and DJ Chark, and, uh, you know, they got a pretty good running back in Robinson, mm-hmm. you know, who was on my fantasy team this year. Um, <laughs> I was wondering how you knew but, who that you know, was. They, yeah, but they've also got a lot of, I mean, traded away Jalen Ramsey. They do have a stockpile of draft picks, though. So, and you know, a, and a, a ton of cap money, too. A ton of cap money. So if you do it right, um, and again, how much control is he going to want? I mean, how is he going to listen to? Okay, uh, I mean, he's he obviously is familiar with the college game, but um, you know, I don't know how much prep he's been doing in it. I, it's going to be fascinating if he does take it. Um, I know you're going to miss him on TV, Kenny. I hope he does, and for no other reason, I'm root against him. Um, <laughs> I'm not his biggest fan, uh, and also I'm a Titans fan, so of course I don't want the Jaguars to do anything. Um, speaking of eggs, but well, that's for another day. Um, it, it, it's it's a good move by Jacksonville. I think it's one that, listen, if you just went and hired another guy, okay, who may actually turn out to be a better guy than Urban does, but this is going to make a splash. And if you're Jacksonville, probably the most anonymous franchise yep. in the NFL. For sure. You have, you have to make a splash. And if you're going to do it, you know, why not do it when you get Trevor Lawrence, see if it works out three or four years, and, you know, go from there. Bam, we have 30 seconds left. Uh, th- let's say the number is, where is it, Trent? Eight and a half, nine, mm-hmm. eight and a half. Uh, Bama, eight and a half. You're going to lay the points, you're going to take the points. I'm, it, I'm going to assume Justin Fields is going to be 85%. And if that's the case, I'm taking the points. Yeah, I I'm going to pick too. Alabama to win. I mean, it's just too much. I think Ohio State, everybody's trying to draw parallels to that Northwestern game. They had so many players out for that game. Um, and listen, they've got talent. They have talent on both sides. This is the best team Alabama's going to have faced all year, and vice versa, by the way. Uh, I think Alabama's more talented than Clemson. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points, assuming Fields is healthy, and we'll know, I think, early on. But I think it's going to be fascinating. I'm probably going to lean lean toward the under a little bit. Um, I think there's just enough playmakers on both sides that maybe they get some turnovers or whatever. But 75 um, is the is the total? What's yeah, place? 75. I mean, you know. score some points? I don't know if this is going to be in the 40s. I mean, you know, 35, 31. That'll do it. Like that. I, you know, 40, 32. I don't know. Um, you know, Scott Van Pelt says, you know, life's too short to take the unders. And he's probably <laughs> right. But in this case, I'm probably going to take the points. I'd probably go with the under. I think Alabama finishes it. Would not be a major shocker upset if Ohio State wins. They just have that much talent. If they, if Alabama plays the way they are capable of playing, and especially with Jalen Waddle, if he's a factor at all in the game, I'm, I like Alabama to win. We'll uh, recap tomorrow, Bama. I'll text you time probably in the ten o'clock hour, bud. Just to let you know, I'll text you time. Thanks, bud. Talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the game. All right, guys. Take care. You too. Appreciate it. Bama Bob as we talk a little college football and go a ton late.
uh, with Bama. Let's catch up. Uh, Dave Sproul coming up on Iowa State, the Xavier Foster News, all the news on the football program, positive news that came back this weekend with all the guys that could have left saying, nope, I'm coming back for more. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword GAME to 200-200. Right now it's your chance at $1,000 GAME to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, Dave Sproul from KASI on Iowa State. Next, Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 kicks and 0106.3 FM. It's basketball season in Hawkeye country, and we've got you covered. Previews before the games, recaps the next day. Enjoy the ride with us, Hawkeye fans, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and 106.3 FM, KXNO. Trek Hatton here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always. SLP Insurance Company and Affiliates. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 20 minutes before noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Dave Sproul, KASI, and Ames joins the program. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. We will slide you into the 10 o'clock starting next week. Was unaware of the uh, press conferences uh, pushing back during basketball season. Thank you for uh, cluing us in, quite frankly. But uh, the Xavier Foster news uh, came uh, came this morning. No surprise. His minutes were down. You could see that, uh, that there was something bothering him. There were whispers out there uh, about the lingering injury, and he's going to shut it down, and surgery uh, is in his future. Yeah, and the, this, uh, according to Iowa State, is something that actually goes back to a foot injury, uh, his right foot that happened in high school. So obviously he's been dealing with this for a while, and we've talked before, too, about once he got into campus, he had to deal with a concussion, he's dealt with shoulder issues, he's had an illness. So it's been a pretty bad run of luck for him health-wise uh, for a while now for Xavier Foster. So uh, probably is the best thing in the long run, and Steve Pro was just talking a little bit. I was eavesdropping on you guys and the presser a little bit and he was just talking about how he you know sat down they talked to the medical staff they went to see multiple specialists trying to you know decide the best course of action they involved his family and everybody kind of got together and said well this is probably the best way to go for the long term and remember this is basically a free year of eligibility so even though he's i think he's mm-hmm. played more games than would typically be allowed for a medical red shirt well this, this is a season everybody gets back anyway so uh the timing kind of works out in that uh you know he's he's definitely not going to be healthy this season so why not move on and get the surgery done get him back and and Prom was just saying that uh, you know there's a good chance that he could be back in time you know to get 
his rehab going and get his skill development going during the summer and then be ready for next season. So, of course, Xavier Foster was the headliner of this class. He was the top-ranked guy, a local guy, too, from the state of Iowa. Out of the rest of the freshmen, though, Dudley Blackwell we've seen from time to time, seen a little Jaden Walker. We've seen at times Darling Stone Dubar. Of those other three, who do you think's popped? Who do you think has the best chance of becoming a good Big 12 player out of those other three? Dubar. Well, that's, that's really hard to project at this point. I know that uh, Steve Perlman's really liked what he's seen out of Darlin Stone Dubar, at least in terms of just his willingness and effort, you know, to, to get out there and work hard and, and play. And he's made five starts this season and has played in all but one game so far this season. I, I don't know if he's a guy who's really going to develop into an all big 12 type player, maybe an honorable mention type player down the road, uh, or maybe he'll surprise me. Who knows? But I, I think the guy to look out for is Dudley Blackwell. I think he's the guy who's got the most upside just from a pure physical ability, but you know, you know, is everything going to work out? There's a lot of moving parts, as always, when you get into college sports, college basketball in particular. You never know if a, if a guy is going to land exactly the way you expect. So, but th- those are the two guys that really jumped to my mind, I think, have a, a good chance uh, to, to really make an impact through, uh, down, the, down the years. Uh, we, we'd seen this team uh, put up a fight against some of the better teams in, in the Big 12 uh, up until Saturday when Texas Tech came in. And this is back-to-back years now. Texas Tech has just destroyed Iowa State uh, in Ames. What went what went wrong, Dave? Was this the anomaly that this was just the bad one that, you know, there's not going to be a lot of wins on the on the uh, schedule this year? Uh, but this one was – it was never close at any point. What happened? Matchup? Was that it? Yeah, it's a- Part of it might be a matchup, but I think more than anything, this is a game where Iowa State just probably was in a bad place mentally when they woke up that morning. You know, sometimes you just have those days where nothing's going right for you and you don't exactly have the right attitude. And that's tough, you know, to to be consistently, you know, having that same mindset day in and day out, game in and game out when you're dealing with college players. And sometimes you just get a clunker, and that was an absolute clunker for Iowa State. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd been fighting hard and, and really hanging tough with some awfully good teams. And, you know, maybe that mental grind kind of got to them and it was a, a little bit overwhelming in a sense that they just, uh, you know, just didn't have their heads in the right places as a, as a collective unit and everything kind of, you know, the wheels fell off every every uh, axle there as they got into the uh, arena. And I'd expect certainly a better effort and, and more probably attention to detail when they play Kansas State tomorrow night if they play Kansas State on Wednesday night, uh, if Kansas State can muster up enough players to go. Uh, So it'll be probably, I'm sure, a better effort, better uh, mental state for that team by that point. But if that'll translate to a win is anybody's guess. If this thing continues to crater, Ken and I are both of the opinion that because of the pandemic and the money situation... What, I think 7 mil? Is that what still would be close, yeah. That he'd be back. But if this thing just gets... Is there a... A avenue where Pollard makes the phone call to the big donors and say, we have to do this. We have to do this for the future of our program. Do you think it'll get to that spot where we talk about free years for players? Is this a free year, too, for Steve Prohm? I don't think it's an entirely free year because if you see games that have outcomes like Saturdays again and again and again mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, then it's going to get real ugly with the fan base mm-hmm. and the donors. Yeah. And Jamie Pollard would, might have to go and scrape up enough money, or so many, or enough people might come forward with money and say, uh, you, you know, here's what you need to buy him out and move on to a, a new coach. That's a possibility. I don't see that happening. I don't think it'll be that bad on a consistent basis for Iowa State. 
Uh, but there's always the possibility out there that this could just totally tank. Everything goes downhill. The, the wheels completely fall off the season as a whole and, and things go bad. I wouldn't anticipate that's the case, but I think if you're even, you know, Jamie Pollard is a smart guy and he knows you got to be prepared for mm-hmm. worst case scenarios as well as best case scenarios. And so if, if he needs to make a plan, I'm sure he'll have one. Yeah, at what point do the costs kind of balance out mm-hmm. as far as we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the good news uh, from Iowa State, and that's clearly the football program. Matt Campbell was had some New York Jets chatter early <laughs> in the weekend. Um, like he's turned them down before. That one never made sense to me, but it was out there and it was uh, shot down at some point in the middle of the basketball game. Uh, Randy Peterson ran into a source that that's not happening. Um, but what did happen over the weekend was a lot of guys who had decisions to make all made them in favor uh, of coming back for another year. And this just isn't guys down the roster. This is starters, as, as you well know. I mean, Eisworth and Charlie Kohler. He was a Rike last week. Uh, Dave, starting-wise, Lawrence White has moved on. Jaquan Bailey has moved on. Uh, offensively, Dylan Saner. I think those are the only three starters uh, that have decided that they're not going to take advantage of that other year. So a team that's going to finish ranked in the top 10 when the numbers go, when the rankings come out tomorrow, um, gets most of their guys back. I mean, who saw this coming, Dave? Yeah, have you ever heard the phrase embarrassment of riches and Iowa State football in the same sentence? Uh, nope. That's a new one for me. <laughs> right. and, and that's kind of what they're going to have. I mean, you're talking about eight of the nine uh, all Big 12 players, uh, three of the four All-American players all coming back for, for Iowa State. And, you know, the Greg Eisworth thing is really significant to me just from a leadership standpoint. I mean, he's not just a great player. He's a guy who's like the heart and soul of that defense in a lot of ways. And his leadership, his knowledge of the game, his football IQ, and his ability to, to help out the guys around him on the field is, is just incredibly valuable for that Iowa State uh, uh, defense. He's kind of like Brock Purdy on that side. He's, he's making calls. He's showing leadership. He's show, showing the competitive fire to – to show the way there. And then you got a guy like, um, like Charlie Kohler, the, the production that he gives you, you know, you're not going to replace that. You, you know, you may look for other uh, position groups or, or other players to step up uh, in aggregate, but you, you don't have Charlie Kohler just walking through the door on a regular basis. So that's pretty huge uh, for the offense. And there's every reason to believe that Iowa State uh, is going to be in the top 10 when the preseason rankings come out next yeah. fall, that they're going to be right up there with Oklahoma as a big fall favorite. And potentially, I don't want to go too far here, but I mean, it, there'll be some justification for calling, call, talking about that team as a college football playoff contender. There's no promise. If you're in the top 10, you're in the top 10. Yeah. If, you, if you're in the top 10, if you're in the, I mean, if you are a legitimate Big 12 champion mm-hmm. contender, then you're a college football playoff contender. And if you can do that, if you can beat the Oklahomas of the world, if you can win that championship. I'll go one step further, Dave. We're going to have a non-conference that's going to be evaluated. And if they knock off a top 20 Iowa team in the second week of the season, dot, dot, dot. Absolutely right. That's a must win if you want to be in that CFP conversation. Uh, And there's no way around that. And you're going to have to beat Oklahoma probably at least once. Uh, to get in that conversation. Uh, you're definitely going to have to win the Big 12 championship game when that time comes, but Iowa State is capable of doing those things. Mm. 24-7 <laughs> has released their 2021 top 25. Where are they? Number seven. Are they really? Jesus. Iowa at number 15, by the way. Okay. How about that? 
Top uh, speak, 15 speaking match. of Iowa, Andre Tippett has been elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. Well deserved. Long time overdue, yes. How about that? That is, that's crazy. Dave, we've got a lot of time to talk about that between now and September, and we'll uh, count on you to do that with us. We will talk to you at the end of the week. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Appreciate you coming on, uh, and appreciate you making time for us. Take care. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Dave Sproul, KASI uh, in Ames. Number seven. Number seven in the country. Not in the Big 12. Right. In the country. Number this, seven. This is some blogger? No, this is 24-7 sports. Uh-huh. Jesus. Number seven. Look what they've got coming back. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody except Saner, Lawrence White. Even the Sally's back. Yeah. I'm, I, that's, that'll be interesting to see if he wins that spot. Because mm-hmm. that kid that came from Fordham, does he come if he thinks the right. Sally's coming back? Probably not. And they signed a kid who is the kickoff specialist, mm-hmm. right? And that was sorely lacking on this team. I mean, Lose Nwangu. You do, and he had a hell of a role, Trent. Those special without teams two plays. Tick, two kick returns. We're yep. talking about maybe a team that's seven and five, not nine and three. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Lang, who was lower on the depth chart, he's moving on. Um, Jairo Brock, I would have thought at some point, you know, how long do you want to sit behind Brees Hall? Mm-hmm. Because when they both came in, they were both thought of kind of be the same guy. But Brock's coming back by all accounts. Well, and he only got to sit behind him one more year. That's true. That's true. Brees Hall, he's off after this year. Oh my gosh. Buckle up, clone football fans. It's going to be that kind of off season. And we're grateful for it. Miller and Condon till noon. One more say. Does Mr. Monday Night do college football playoff championships? Well, I have uh, the plays that we did on Friday. Both of us went two and two with our NFL picks, so we are on opposite sides. Got a couple of props, so I'm going to throw out to the people. We'll do that before we get on out of here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. For more than 20 years, we've covered the Hawks and Clones, high school and the pros. Here's to 20 more. This is Des Moines Sports Station. I've been with you guys since day one, and I love you guys. KXNO. While the holiday season may be over, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there's no shortage of action, and there's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Ken, I have no idea what people are waiting for. To celebrate this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new players a chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100-1 to odds. All you have to do, bet $1 any football game this weekend. If your team wins, you win $100. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KXNO when you sign up to get 100-1 to odds on any football game this weekend. That's code KXNO for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- With Charmin. All right, uh, final minute or so of the program. What kind of props were you talking about as we come back on 1460 and 106.3 FM? I think my favorite one, first score of the game, can be safety field goal touchdown. And what team? Like Alabama to score a touchdown, plus 145. All right, you're on that one. That's my favorite one of the list. In the state of Iowa, at least right now, don't see anything on DraftKings or Bat Rivers or anywhere else where there's individual player ones. 
there was a couple that I saw at different places, different states are available, but nothing that I see here in the state of Iowa. I wonder why that is. Is it because of just the way that it's set up? And we know we can't have it with the local teams, right. so maybe it goes hand in hand? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, um, eight and a half is the number. You're laying the eight and a half? I am. Give me Bema. Give me those points. Give me a close game. How different is that? Yeah, really. I'm laying them. You're taking points? Yep. That's just very weird. That is rare. Uh, we will come back tomorrow and talk about that game. Zuba Mahente will join us tomorrow as well. Miller and Condon. We're weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.